today, Joe Biden announces the United States has killed a major leader of al-Qaeda. Illinois healthcare workers get a huge win against vaccine mandates, and Oklahoma schools take a stand against biological males in women's sports. We've got all of that and more, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, today joined by Blaze TV contributor Jakub Uyens, also host of The Bottom Line. You need to make sure you are subscribed to that. He is having really, really awesome conversations uh, with some really amazing people. So make sure that you are subscribed and watching that. Also joining us, he is back in town, Jorge Ventura, a reporter from The Daily Caller. If I was just an average white girl like some of the hosts (laughs) on this network, I would just call him George. And it happens all the time. But no, sorry, it's good to be back and good to be back in Dallas. You know, it's funny. Okay, so I want to I wanna give your uh, uh, documentary, your new documentary. Every time you're here, you have a new documentary out. I don't know how you're doing this. You're just like, just hammering these out all the time. Uh, hustler over here, Jorge Ventura. But uh, you've got a new one. What is it? Narcofornia? Yeah, Narcofornia. Last year, we produced Cartel USA, where we looked in the Mexican and Chinese cartels involved in the illegal marijuana threatened farmers and ranchers. We actually got to talk to you about it, uh, Sarah, last year. This time we went up to Northern California where kind of the root Mm -hmm. and it's exploded and you kind of have these kind of poor counties and ranchers who just can't deal with this problem and they feel Governor Gavin Newsom just doesn't want to help them. So it's a really sad situation up there. It's a a much deeper story, so I highly recommend the audience to come watch it. It's on narcofornia.com. We have a trailer you can share with family and friends too. Um, But so I was going to say, whenever you're here and someone says like, Oh, that you're going to be here. They're like, yeah, George is going to be here. And I'm like, like who's George? Yeah, it's curious George. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's curious George? exploring all the evil. Oh, and it's spelled with the curious J. George. And it's J, too. I mean, it's spelled, you know, it's Yeah, Jorge. I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. clearly hey, Jorge. It's worse, actually. Guys, Same I'm, with me. It's J, and they go Jocko, and it's not a J. It's <laughs> yeah, a, it's that's a, true. It's, like it's, it's worse when I'm in the Uber, because when I get dropped off, it goes, just dropped off Jorge. And I'm like, <laughs> Jorge? That's, that's who I am, to Uber. Okay. You're like, how could you get this more wrong? Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. Um, well, I guess we'll get into the news of the day. Uh, so yesterday, Joe Biden announced a United States drone strike in Afghanistan has killed the top al-Qaeda leader. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. I'll just let Joe Biden make the announcement. Watch. My fellow Americans, on Saturday, at my direction, the United States successfully concluded an airstrike in Kabul, Afghanistan, that killed the Emir of Al-Qaeda, Iman al-Zawiri. Well, Zawiri was uh, bin Laden's leader. He was with him all the, the whole time. He was his number two man, his deputy at the time of the terrorist attack 9-11. He was deeply involved in the planning of 9-11, one of the most responsible for the attacks that murdered 2,977 people on American soil. So this leader uh, apparently moved to a very safe place, they said, in Kabul a few months after the Taliban took control of Afghanistan in August of last year, if you remember that debacle uh, that Joe Biden, of course, was at the helm of. And uh, he died moments after stepping out onto a balcony, U.S. officials said. Now, it's been interesting um, because... To hear from terrorism experts, there's a a couple terrorism uh, analysts, but this one in particular, Bill Roggio, over at Long War Journal, uh, they they were kind of pointing out, like, this is 
really more uh, to the effect that al-Qaeda is here. And, you know, Joe, Joe Biden himself downplayed. They said, like, al-Qaeda is gone. We decimated them. Uh, they are no more. And, um, yeah, actually, nope. now they're back to the country where they planned the 9-11 attacks. So great that they killed him, but that kind of means we may have a lot more to come on our hands, not necessarily that this is the end of something. It really feels like this might just be the beginning. Uh, gentlemen. Yeah, look, when you move a high asset to them, a valuable asset, al-Qaeda, when you move that individual into a city, it obviously means they control the city. Mm -hmm. And they feel like they've taken control, they've set up a new hub, and they're thriving and, they're, and they are building, and they are. I agree with, with Bill's take on mm -hmm. this, that they are growing, because under this administration, as I said before, there will be war in the Middle East, because it'll be over oil, and it'll be over factions like this of radical Islam and al-Qaeda that will grow. But just, I, I look at it from when President Trump had a successful strike and how this is touted. And for me, that's just me. The timing of this, and you don't predict the timing, is, is a lifeline for the Biden administration and they will come very presidential and my fellow Americans. Mm -hmm. And when last did he address America as fellow Americans and, and not degrade and belittle everybody? So I think for them, they'll, they'll play this off at this huge victory, which we know it's really the men and women on the ground for years not even under his administration that's collected intel and, and extract these people. But I with you, Sarah, I think this to me is not necessarily a great sign. Of course, glad we took the guy out. Right. But the ones following him up are more radical. Well, well, absolutely. And that's always mm -hmm. the dangers when you get involved in the Middle East is like, don't think for one second that there isn't another terrorist group getting ready to yeah. take the place yeah. of the one that you think that you're decimating. But I mean, it was just in August that Joe Biden had said uh, that al Qaeda was gone yeah. from Afghanistan. Yeah. And now, of course, as uh, Bill, Bill Roggio points out, uh, you know, that they're they're going to sell this as a success. Yes. They're, they're going to sell this as a counterterrorism success. But that narrative masks the undeniable truth that Taliban controlled Afghanistan is a safe haven for al-Qaeda. Uh, he also added that Trump's negotiations with the Taliban and Biden's subsequent withdrawal, particularly the method of withdrawal, which left the Afghan government to the predations of the Taliban, was a disaster. The Taliban-al-Qaeda allegiance remains stronger than ever. Um, so really great point by Bill, Jorge, that it's like this kind of was... Joe Biden's making in, mm -hmm. you know, in a way. Uh, so he's going to take credit for killing the Al Qaeda leader that he kind of paved the way for this man to uh, have some sort of power in that region again. Yeah, I was speaking to a political analyst about this and like the Biden administration is going to do the, you know, political take the, take the win. It's always a good thing. Like where they left the right, it's always a good thing. We get a, a leader out. Now, it doesn't solve the issues. It kind of yeah. creates more chaos. I kind of look at the same way when we report with the Mexican cartels where people think that, oh, well, we arrested El Chapo, all problems are solved. Mm -hmm. It actually kind of creates more chaos and yeah. destruction between the groups as they as more leaders try, tries to rise up. So I'm, I'm pretty curious to see what happens. Um, I did listen to some interviews that the 9-11 victim families did. They're at least happy to see the, the leader taken out, but I think um, the influence that these factions now have in the Middle East only grows, and I mm -hmm. think... You know, the Biden administration, they almost need anything to say we've we finally got <laughs> something just because yeah. they're just drowning right now, even with, with Democratic voters. So we'll just kind of see how this plays out the next six months. In the Middle East. It'll be mm -hmm. interesting, too, because I don't really see this as like um, 
something that people are going to care about when they go to the ballot box in November? No, no. I mean, I don't think that's going to drive no. anyone to be like, you know, no. I really hate the gas prices that I'm paying and the grocery bills that I'm spending and all, I, I can barely afford to feed my family. But I'm really glad that Joe Biden took out that Al-Qaeda member that I didn't care about or know existed because he didn't affect my everyday life. I think I'm going to vote for him. Especially, like, I see I that being a driving well, factor. No, of course not, especially considering that anybody under the age of 25 don't even have any recollection, recollection. of 9 yeah. 11. Yeah. It's, it's, no, seriously. It's and crazy. so it's not unfortunate. Yeah, it's good we took them out, but super dangerous because we've now abandoned our assets, our informants, our intelligence there. Now you take a leader out and, and you basically declare war against them without having any support on the ground, not troops, but intel, because we abandoned them. We broke promises. People that, that served this government for decades mm -hmm. since 9-11, who were promised by their allies in the U.S., when we move, we'll take your family with us. This president said, you're on your own, peace out. And, and now all of a sudden, we're going to have to turn around. They're going to, because you just kicked the hornet's nest. And, and the intel is not there. The support is not there. And so I, I'm thinking that Al-Qaeda grows substantially. Yeah, I agree with Sarah, where I don't think this moves the needle when it comes to voters, because yeah. it... There's so many, so many other issues. I think for 48 hours, Biden sure gets a nice little right. positive news cycle. Then after that, it's back to this whole thing is just <laughs> sinking quick. Yeah. Inflation. Yeah. Um, all right. So I want to let's let's stay talking foreign foreign relations here, but let's move over to Taiwan. We talked about that uh, yesterday on the program. Obviously, a lot of controversy surrounding Nancy Pelosi and whether or not she was going to visit Taiwan. Uh, China made it very clear that they would not stand stand idly by, was what they said, uh, and allow Nancy Pelosi to visit Taiwan. And uh, several things have transpired since then. So Nancy Pelosi did land uh, on the island today, and China did say that they would launch military operations encircling Taiwan in response to that. Um, and I should say, this is kind of a developing, this is, it's hard to do this program. It, it, there's like maybe an hour and a half difference between when we tape it and when it goes out to you. So all I can tell you is as of the time of this taping, that is what has transpired. Um, and so we will see if anything else happens. Um, and let me play for you. This is, was my, it was, this was shocking to me when I saw this yesterday. Of course, right after we finished taping this program, and I went and saw um, that uh, John Kirby, uh, who is the National Security Council Coordinator for Strategic Communications, say that three times fast, um, when I saw this clip of him basically declaring that the Biden administration does not support Taiwan's independence, I was like, I'm sorry, what did I just hear? Let's play that. I've repeatedly said that we oppose any unilateral changes to the status quo from either side. We have said that we do not support Taiwan independence, and we have said that we expect cross-strait differences to be resolved by peaceful means. Uh, that came as a little bit of a surprise to me. I thought that we did support um, Taiwan independence. I thought that we were not like buddies with China. Mm -hmm. What am I missing here? Well, the we you're talking about is the American people and the former president of the United States. The we they're talking about is, is the small faction of this corrupt government. Look, I just want to rewind the clock real quick. After the Second World War, Japan lost control over Taiwan. Okay? It got ceded. The ROC, the Republic of China, takes over. And then later on, a war breaks out between the ROC 
and the People's Republic of China, which now runs, you know, Taiwan, and a war breaks out and it becomes this battle of the people of Taiwan wanting independence and leadership being at a war. And it's been a 50 to 70 year battle for the people of Taiwan to get their voice heard and not rep be represented correctly. And everybody, the World Trade Organization is in it and China is holding on for dear life, who by the way, is on the brink of a revolution. The CCP is on the brink of losing control. The people are just about there to really go, go at it again. So um, look, I think it is very important for us to say that those people, the people on the ground need independence. Um, but this has been coming a long time. It's a territory that's well fought over for very good reasons, strategically, geographically, what it would mean if China lost control over that. And they understand that because someone could literally come into their back door like they do to us. Mm. China right now are contending for Haiti. They're contending for the Dominican mm -hmm. Republic. They're contending for, for our Gulf Channel. They want to come in and be able to have subs and ships in the Gulf. Think about that. And that's why Taiwan is so strategic because it would open their back door and make them vulnerable. So the Taiwanese people, to me, they need freedom. They've, they've needed it for a long time. Yeah, I was, I was shocked to hear the statement from John Kirby because the United States has the approach where if there's any country, especially like in Central America, if you yeah. don't recognize Taiwan, the United States comes after you. Yeah. But yet, it's okay for the administration mm -hmm. to say it. I've always had the approach where it's like anti-interventionalist, more like the populist, right. but I think on Taiwan, because of how valuable it is and because it is China, I think we need to do whatever it takes to uh, show the people of Taiwan that we, are, we have their back and that we support them. And I think that Pelosi actually landing in Taiwan um, is a good thing. I think if the United States would have right. backed out, it would have made us look very weak. Obviously, we're not uh, Pelosi fan fans here, but I think whether Republican or, or, or Democrat, we needed her to actually land there to say we're willing to do it, and then we'll see, we'll see what, what China says. But I, I do think uh, we need to play the approach where we do need to have our hands in this mix with Just, the Taiwan. Think about it this way, Sarah. China stands idly by while Putin goes into a foreign country, another country, which a territory was contended over mm -hmm, back and forth mm -hmm, for years. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Same thing here with Taiwan. Mm -hmm. It's a territory since 1945 that's contended over for years. And now China goes, wait, 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 wait. No one else can come talk about Taiwan. Mm -hmm. U.S., you don't dare. So, yes, Pelosi is going to take this as a huge victory. Let her have it. Yeah. She had some moxie to get on the plane yep. and actually fly because... I think that was just vodka. You know, it's vodka. Not the vodka will make you look like you have moxie. <laughs> Pelosi, Pelosi landed in Taiwan with just, you know, two bombs. Um, right? <laughs> Trojan horse. We said the, we said the Trojan horse. <laughs> I saw it. Did you see the meme? Yes. It's like, what was it? Oh. Top Maverick. George, what are you Maverick. doing? I died. Uh, yeah, no, you got to hand it to her. Now, I will say the way that they announced it yeah. kind of like backed her into a corner where they had right. no choice yes. but to go. Because yes. it's like, whoa, what do we do now? Can you yeah. imagine how nervous she is? Yeah, uh, no, sure. going in and sure. probably taking off just like oh dear god please. she has her vodka <laughs> yeah, it's the vodka. God, she's about as here. nervous as Kamala Harris going to the US border and falling 40 miles short she's about <laughs> as nervous as she yeah, was yeah. um, alright we've got to uh, we got to take a quick break first we want to thank our sponsor Nusu Labs so look I know all about losing weight uh, multiple times way back when, when I lost 100 pounds, and just recently when I was having to, uh, you know, the, the, the baby weight is very hard 
take it off. So I understand, you know, maybe you can't control the cravings throughout the day. Maybe you just had a baby and you're trying to get back on track. Um, and how about all the temptation at all of those summer barbecues? You want to overeat because it just tastes so good. You've got to try this new weight control formula from Nusu Labs. Um, they have, they are using biohacking technology to curb your appetite and control those unwanted cravings. It's natural ingredients and antioxidants. It's not going to make you feel like super jittery, um, but you're not going to be eating those empty calories and it's going to ma maximize a healthy metabolism. Um, guys, I know for a fact this works. I have used it. It has worked for me. Um, and it, fun fact, it has the enhancing ingredient in dark chocolate to keep you from getting hangry. They're going to guarantee, this works so well, they're going to guarantee that you lose up to three pounds in the first week or else you get your money back. So you have nothing to lose right now. You can add a free bottle with your order at nusulabs.com slash why. Guys, this is helping me get the rest of my baby weight off, okay? You gotta try it. It is nusu, N-U-S-U-Labs.com slash why. By the way, join their world-class concierge program for an extra 10% off at checkout, nusulabs.com slash why, promo code Y20. A little underreported story here, but I think it's a big deal uh, and we should celebrate it. Uh, last week, Liberty Council settled the nation's first class-wide lawsuit for healthcare workers over the COVID shot mandate. This was for more than $10.3 million. Uh, the class action settlement was against North Shore University Health System in Illinois, and it was on behalf of more than 500 current and former healthcare workers who were unlawfully discriminated against and denied religious exemptions from this mandate. Uh, so they're going to pay that to all of these healthcare employees. And it also, um, it's going to uh, allow all of these employees, if they were fired, uh, they are going to be eligible for rehire if they apply within 90 days of final settlement approval by the court, and they will retain their previous seniority level. Um, so I, I think this was a huge win. Mm -hmm. uh, it put, it sets a precedent and puts employers on notice that you cannot discriminate against people specifically for that religious exemption. Um, but, um, you know, I, I keep going back and forth. Good for them. I think I, I think the math was like uh, t t around $25,000 for each employee, uh, I believe is what the math came out to. But I was thinking to myself, if you're one of these healthcare employees and you've already been terminated from the company for this long, do you want your job back with a bunch of people who thought that it was okay mm. to fire you for refusing to put an experimental injection in your arm? Like, I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure that I want to go back to that. Yeah. I, I don't, I mean, just, just based on the principle, um, but again, a, a huge win. I'm not trying to downplay it. I'm just, mm. I'm just, my thought process was like, I wonder how many of these employees will actually trust this organization, uh, this hospital system enough to go back there and feel like, A, they're going to have their best interests at heart because it feels like there's always going to be some sort of rub. Of course. Um, they're paying these people $25,000 on top of you know, their salary mm. if they come back. Um, and then it's just like, well, these people felt it okay to fire me and, you know, not allow me to put food on the table for my families all over, uh, again, an injection that I didn't want to get that they couldn't prove to me worked. This is why class actions are so great, because if it was one or two people and you go back, you would, your life would be hell, 
right, in that hospital system. But because there's so many, it's kind of a power swing. But I agree with you. No, they're not going to change because inherently they're broken. The people at the leadership will cave again next time. Yeah, yeah. Well, whatever it is, cave again. And 25,000, you know, if you lost your job, that's a drop in the bucket. But it's a massive win that thank you for covering it. Mm -hmm. And you're always so, so loyal and covering these things, which other networks won't. Now that needs to spread. Sue all around this country, every hospital system, all of them, all 50 states, if mm -hmm. they terminate it. But remember, nurses and doctors, it's a profession of passion and it's a mm -hmm. calling. Yeah. So a nurse wants to help people. And so they kind of have them by the short hair. Am I right when I say the settlement is not tied to rehire? They can take the settlement and Correct. not take the job back. Mm -hmm. Yes, mm -hmm. they, they well, are well, awarded yeah. that settlement yeah. regardless so of that's what regardless. They, they decide. The rehire is tough because let's say it's a nurse that now doesn't, doesn't work and her passion is to be a nurse. They, I can see some of them take it back, but the climate, I don't think, change. Um, I don't think the climate will change because the individuals that made bad decisions are not the ones shelling out out of their pocket. It's the hospital system. And honestly, what's going to happen is they'll pass it down to the to the next person that rolls through the door on the ambulance on the gurney. Right. I mean, that somehow, somehow mm -hmm. they'll pass it back down. They'll make it back up. But the moral victory is huge to mm -hmm. send a signal. Uh, and so I say do that across the country. And, and maybe that particular hospital system, who knows, maybe it's enough for them to, to just be a little bit more concerned about doing it next time. Maybe sure. it's not. But the other employer, you know, uh, Joe Blow hardware store down the street or whoever, whatever employer is thinking about uh, making this blanket mm -hmm. mandate for their mm -hmm. employees and not allowing them religious exemptions at the very least might think twice about really it because they don't have $10 million, $10 million dollars exactly. to, to pay yeah, out very later on point. when this yeah. gets... We released a little short film, The Hero Zero, where we mm -hmm. represent a lot of the nurses and firefighters who were getting fired back in Los Angeles County. And it wasn't just that they were just getting fired. They're being kicked to the curb with no paycheck, no benefits, and these people had houses and families to to support. So I think it's a it's, it'll be a weird situation, but kind of like what you were saying is these, these people... They have a calling for this. Like you, you know, you don't have to pay them a certain salary. If they want to do this. They want to help people. So I think they'll get back in the in the community. But I think this is a huge win. And I, I haven't even heard about this story. Yeah. And this needs to be out there everywhere. Because I'm, I'm hoping nurses and firefighters and police officers all across the country could look at this playbook or, or you know maybe get in communication with Liberty Council mm -hmm. and follow that playbook and and you know get, get for sure a back pay because we've been I've been in touch with a guy named Josh Satley who's a, a Beverly Hills firefighter. He's been fired since last year, October 1st, till, till today, he still hasn't got a, a paycheck. I mean, and that, but mm. they wanted to take a stand, and I'm hoping this is a, a, a good sign for the future. Yeah, yeah, let's hope so. Um, all right, one more story here before we have to take a break. <laughs> I found this very interesting. Georgia residents can apparently now claim embryos as dependents on their state taxes. Uh, this is according to the state's revenue department. You know, it's funny because I feel like these pro well pro abortion advocates are constantly like we heard about the 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 case here in Texas where the woman was driving in the HOV lane and mm. she was pregnant and it's like well if this is a person now we're calling this a baby this is technically a person I should be able to ride in the HOV lane and in, in the HOV lane and everyone pro life people are like yes, yes. we're fine with that 100%. I agree to those ther those terms this one it's like yes I'm fine with that. If yes. you want to, if you want to claim an embryo on your state on your taxes because this is a, an, an unborn child with a detectable heartbeat, uh, sure, 
I agree yeah. to those terms. That's fine. Whatever we can do to move the culture and move the language uh, towards accepting uh, a fetus as what it is, which is an unborn human being, a key word or key phrase there being human being. I, I love it. So just now real quick, let's do this quickly and then go into Georgia and completely eliminate abortions because they just conceded the fact that it's life, right? You know, for me, yeah, life, like, cool. you know, I'm the guy, life starts preconception because when God and the word of God says, I knew you before I crafted you in the womb, that's preconception. So life starts, but when God decides Sarah Gonzalez is needed on this planet, right? So I love this. Do this across the country. <laughs> Give everybody tax deductions and yeah. benefits for embryos, but then be consistent. Right. Complete elimination of abortion in the state because you uh, conceded the point, right? Just, right. We've drive just the HRV lane. Yeah. Uh, get a two-for-one pass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get a two-for-one pass at Disney World when you were pregnant. I mean, heck, yeah, uh, BOGO. BOGO for all pregnant women because it's two of you. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Let's just protect life. Yeah. It's beautiful. I mean, it's like they think it's a gotcha and it's like... Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, 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 I'm happy I to agree to that if it saves babies' lives. I, that's totally fine with me. Hey, I love it. You're never going to hear me complain about Americans getting more money in taxes and tax deductions from <laughs> yeah. the federal government. So <laughs> yeah. more of it. Yeah, yeah. No, no complaints here. They already take away enough money. God, ain't that the truth. Um, all right. So uh, we've got to take another quick break. We want to thank our sponsor of this segment, Bonner Wines. Here's the deal. I'm actually going to be on vacation all next week. We are uh, going to the beach where I will be consuming a lot of Bonner wines. I will be consuming a lot of Bonner wines, not only because I'm on vacation, but because they have the most amazing wines. It's the most amazing wine you will ever taste. Uh, they've got like hints of blackberry and dark cherry. Uh, the grapes are grown at these very, very high altitudes um, in the mountains of Argentina and they make a very, very limited quantity. And when I tell you that these extreme altitude grapes produce a taste that you have not tasted before, I mean it. And Yaku doesn't drink, but he did buy these for his friends and they said the same thing. Good the non-drinker bought these wines for a level four sommelier. Mm -hmm. uh, you only go to level five. It's not, it's like, don't buy the grocery store wines. You're buy, you're spending way too much money. You're going to get a great deal on these, and they're going to be direct from Bonner, and you are going to be really happy about it. All right. If you visit BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Y, you're going to get 50% off the wine plus uh, free shipping, plus a bonus bottle of small batch limited production wine from their wine cellar. This is, they've never offered this deal before. This is the first time that they're offering this deal. That's four bottles for the price of three. Do not turn it down. I'm gonna be enjoying Bonner wine on my vacation. Maybe a little too much, but that's fine, it's vacation. You need to do it as well, but drink responsibly. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash why. Student athletes competing uh, in Oklahoma public school sports teams must now complete a biological sex affidavit to determine whether they are eligible. This is this comes, of course, after uh, the Save Women's Sports Act was signed into law last March, which, of course, designates sports teams to be based on biological sex, which is like how we here at this table with common sense would agree that you should be qualifying people um but this is a this is so it's from kindergarten through college this is a big problem for the left 
This is all yeah. sorts of bigotries and phobias and, and all of the things. So uh, 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 one of these affidavits, a blank affidavit, started circling uh, through the Twitter sphere. And one of the leftist activists posted it and said, do you understand what is happening? This has nothing to do with encouraging girls to be athletes. This is totalitarianism. This is white nationalist agenda, the anti-LGBTQ agenda, the anti-abortion agenda. It is all the same agenda. This is real, shared with permission. And it literally is just an affidavit that says uh, that the parent swears under oath that they are the lawful parent of this person and that they were male or female, they write one in the box, uh, was the biological sex of the student at birth. And they go get it uh, notarized. That, that's literally all it is. And it is, it's all the phobias. It's all the things. It's all of it. Yeah, so. look, the guys like Todd Russ and Senator Weaver in Oklahoma, these guys are chalking up victory after victory. You know, selfishly, we've had two bills signed. Governor Stitt is a champion. This guy does not get a lot of press. Um, he, he's not hailed as a fantastic governor because he is. Uh, he need, the conservative movement need to elevate this guy a little bit because I think at this point, Oklahoma's kicking Texas's tail when it comes to schools. And Florida is kicking our tail on some other things. So, but Stitt is a champion. Um, and they do this because it's a way to circumvent the school boards and to get the school boards to comply by giving the parent power back. Mm -hmm. and, and here's the proof. If you give the parent, and parents want power back, isn't it? put it in the hand of the parent. Pa and the parents go, yes, we're signing these affidavits. And look, uh, Oklahoma has a supermajority in the Senate and a supermajority in the House. So these kind of things kind of fly through there. Uh, this is just sad that we have to have affidavits and legislation to just get us to get back to truth. Stuff that we just take as, well, well, yeah, it's a boy and a girl. Yeah. And this is, now we need like, an affidavit. I, I don't feel like this is controversial, guys. <laughs> no. What's the big deal? Should be pretty self-explanatory yeah. here. And yet somehow it's, it's, all of the, it's all of the bad things. It's ruining our democracy. Uh, democracy dies with this affidavit and all of the other. <laughs> the agenda, this is, this, yeah. is, this is worse than January 6th. And 9-11 and all of the other things. This is awful. This, you pro-Putin. I, I don't know. I'm trying to throw in all of the, the buzzwords there. I feel like she, she left some out. Yeah. It's, it's funny that this is even like headlines now in 2022. Like this is the most common sense thing in the yeah. world. Like if, you, if we like took a time machine and went back in the 1980s and told Americans what we're doing now, they'd be like, wait, what? You guys are still <laughs> haven't figured the boy-girl thing out? Right. Um, what, and the other interesting thing is even legislation like this is actually pro women it right. does everything to protect 100%. women so this is actually like feminists should be like cheering for right. this yeah which is kind of the the, the irony of this of these bills is um it's all pro women and the thing that i've kind of been shocked about with this subject is like where are all the strong fathers they're like hey i don't want my daughter swimming with a man or i don't want my daughter playing basketball with a man uh, they need to speak out, but it's great to see Oklahoma taking this route and Florida and Texas kind of following that. I'm from California, so uh, we'll never see that from my state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your state is pretty pretty far gone yeah. there. I could go play in the WNBA in my state. Hey, I, hey, I don't sports. know, man. You're going to run that, that clown for president, you know, so <laughs> an office is going to open up. The governor's office will open up again because they're going to run Newsom for president. So we may, just, we may just take it back. <laughs> I, I wanted to, so the responses to this tweet are about as insane as you would expect. Everyone is just like, this is terrorism. This is horrible. Um, but one of my favorites that I read was this person. And man, I wish we had a zoom in of this person's actual profile picture because boy, is it a doozy. Um, but but they notice on this, the 
uh, affidavit, there is a fax number. Mm. And so this person said, huh, there's a fax number, and then listed it, and then says, I guess any <laughs> one of us could, you know, print this out, fill it out in any way we want, take it to Staples, and run their fax machine out of paper. <laughs> it's like that's their, that's their that's their big revenge. It's like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna band together and we're gonna protest and we're gonna jam up their fax signal and they're gonna run out of paper, which is really great when you know that these are also the environmentalists who like preach yeah, let's not kill, you know let's kill some trees reduce, for reuse, this. conserve all of these things. And now they're like, kill the trees if it means ruining those conservatives' days who say that boys have penises and girls have vaginas, bigots. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Welcome to 2022, man. I, <laughs> we're like in the last era before uh, all, no the, all the chicks just have penises, man. I got to find a wife soon, Jock. I'm running out of time. <laughs> all I can well, tell you on this network is you better check. Check under, yeah. check under the hood. You okay. better check, right. buddy. <laughs> you need to check. You better um, check. Proof of verify. There it is. There it so is. you mentioned something, uh, Jorge, that I do want to, I just want to want to get y'all's feedback on really quickly, um, which is when it comes to, you mentioned where are all the strong fathers, why are there not more standing up? Why, why, why do you think that is? Because we do see a lot of moms frequently in school board meetings, at least in the last two years, uh, they have come with more frequency, but very rarely do we see the dads involve themselves. Why do you think that is? That's a, that's a good question. That's one of, I, I don't know if we're kind of in this new era where fathers are want to be politically correct and they don't want to be canceled, but we're seeing the mama bears, mm-hmm. I mean, out there in full force. Even Glenn Youngkin's victory in, in Virginia was, was literally led by mothers of school board meetings. And if that, so that, that's, that's to me has been the most shocking is not seeing any fathers, uh, especially speak up for the double NCA swimmers. I mean, a lot of those women actually came out and they did interviews said, we don't feel like this is fair with the whole Leah Thomas thing. But that, that to me has been absolutely alarming. I don't know if we live in kind of like this new era where fathers want to be politically correct. They don't want to get canceled. But when it comes to your kids, I mean, you just have to put your foot down. See, I wonder if we are now living in a time where we have m- made women so masculine mm. and men so feminized that they just don't have the balls anymore to stand up for their kids. I don't know, Yaku, what do you think? Yeah, no, I've got a lot lot to say on this. I'll say this, no man calls himself up. You get called up by buddies, you get called up by a woman. The natural cycle, a boy will cling to his mother and at some point she has to pass that boy off to a father and say, no, go make him a man. Mm. America is the only culture where boys do not have a rite of passage to go from boyhood to manhood. Mm -hmm. So in the cycle when a boy is supposed to be copped, right? He jumps now just to be consulted, and now they consult their kids, and dad all of a sudden is not being allowed by mom to be a cop. Mm -hmm. He's just a consultant, so his balls are cut off. He sits back. Now you get a 27-year-old young boy, Mm -hmm. not a man, Mm -hmm. that still needs to be copped. And the father's been neutered because the glass ceiling needs to be broken. And we're in an era here right now where the men are going to have to encourage men and call themselves back up. And for the young women out there, you don't want to marry or be with a spineless, gutless dude that's going to film you being punched in the face. You want a guy that will throw himself in front of a truck to defend your family. And so, um, yeah, you see the moms rise up, but the dads are not because the baby boomer boomer culture, they had to work so hard as kids that they they completely allowed their children to just be fed by the spoon. And and we raised weak men. Mm. That's it. I mean, we raised weak men in this country. And now it's going to take a lot of work by the women 
to call the men back in. You got to call them back in. This is a this is an Esther moment where you got to go and say, hey, uh, men out there, do not let a woman take your glory. On the battlefield, this is biblical, though, this is this is Rahab and Ruth and Esther. This is a time for the men to go fight at the school board. And yes, I know you're working hard 60 hours a week. Suck it up, Mm -hmm. step up and get back out there. Yeah. We have to. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is a perfect time to talk about, thank our sponsor of this segment, Moms for Liberty. Um, so look, if you are a parent, you're listening to what we just discussed and you're like, yeah, um, we need to be saving our girls uh, in sports from boys coming in and taking all of their opportunities away, or maybe it's all of the uh, sexual indoctrination that's going on in all of these schools. You're finding out that there's pornographic literature in your school libraries, and you're like, what the heck can I do to stop this? You've got to join Moms for Liberty. In 18 months, they've grown to over 200 chapters in 37 states, probably because COVID, if it did anything, was exposed. All of the crazy nonsense that is going on in all of these public schools and Moms for Liberty is on it. They're dedicated to fighting for the survival of America by unifying, educating, and empowering parents to defend their parental rights at all levels of government. So here's the deal. If you don't want to co-parent with the government, you need to join Moms for Liberty. They have a level that is uh, free to join. I highly suggest you visit their website. I highly suggest that you, I encourage you uh, to, to make some sort of a financial contribution, but you don't have to. It is free to join as an associate member and they are building an army of moms who are joyful warriors fighting for the survival of America. If you want to fight like hell for your children and their future, go to momsforliberty.org slash Sarah. That is momsforliberty.org slash Sarah, no H. A federal judge on Monday handed down the heaviest sentence yet to a defendant who was at the Capitol riot. This is seven years to a Texas man. Now, here's the catch. He never entered the building. Uh, This is Guy Reffitt, 49 years old, uh, convicted of five felonies in March, including carrying a gun on U.S. Capitol grounds and threatening his children against reporting him to law enforcement. He was also convicted of two counts of civil disorder and one count of obstruction of an official proceeding. Uh, and the district court judge declined a Department of Justice request to sentence Reffitt as a domestic terrorist, saying that it would uh, create an unwarranted sentencing disparity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, he would have gotten, it would have obviously increased these seven years, uh, made it way more substantial. I do think it's very telling, though, that the, the DOJ was even pursuing that, knowing that he did not enter the building. Yeah still wanted to charge him with terrorism charges. Um, But he traveled there uh, armed with handguns and rifles. Uh, He was wearing a pistol on his hip, body armor, and a helmet with a camera on his head. He made it as far as the steps outside the Capitol Senate wing, but never entered the building. He used a bullhorn to urge other protesters to storm inside. And, um, you know, look, he his son testified against him and told the jury that his father threatened him and his sister about reporting him to the authorities. He said, if you turn me in, you're a traitor. Uh, Put him, obviously, in an awkward position. But I just, I don't know, you guys. I'm very uncomfortable with the DOJ going in there and trying to push them to count this as terrorism when the guy didn't even enter the building. Was he wrong? 
Absolutely. He should not have gone there. He should not have, uh, you know, openly carried like that. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you know, why are you doing that? You know that that's going to start more controversy than not. Obviously, he shouldn't have encouraged people to go in. The remarks that he made were very unsavory and nothing about what he did was right. Um, I don't know about the seven years for what he did um, and not entering the building, but I specifically don't know about the, the DOJ pushing this terrorism narrative because, as we know, they've been trying to uh, push that for a very long time because they want all of us as conservative to just be painted as domestic terrorists, period, regardless of whether or not you've actually committed a crime. Yeah, it's all about precedent. Yeah. It's always about a poster child. That's what George Floyd, it's always about a poster child, and, they, and they've been wanting this poster child that was both charged and then prosecuted because that hasn't happened yet. We've got people in, in Gitmo conditions mm -hmm. that haven't even been charged yet, but this is a poster child victory and he didn't even enter the building, which right. is, which, what does that say now about people that are going to go after the DOJ who did enter the building? Now, yes, reckless, stupid yeah. behavior, yeah. but let's just take his, the emotion out of it and just look at the law. What is the law to openly carry at that point in time? And what is, what is that sentence? And mm -hmm. let's go and line that up and say, is it justified? Is the sentencing justified if, it, if he was doing that action outside of a January 6th protest you know, or a presidential election on a regular day, someone shows up at the Capitol with a helmet on, that's mm -hmm. not illegal, mm -hmm. with a camera, that's not illegal, body armor, that's not illegal. So it's reduced all the way down to the, the carry. Right. Right. Which, and, which he should have a, a consequence for. Yes, mm -hmm. there is. But there is a law for that. Right. Right. right but that's right. not that's not se that's probably not seven years. And then the bullhorn encouraging people to go in. Right. So is it is the sentencing justified? I don't think so. Yeah. But it sets a really, really bad precedent for people who went in yeah. and it's a sign of things to come. Yeah. Yeah. You at least know what the DOJ is pressing yeah. for. Jorge, we've got about a minute. Yeah, no, I, no I, I agree with you. I don't think the sentencing is justified, but by them doing this, they're trying to turn Americans uh, into enemies against their own fellow Americans. Mm -hmm. In this, I mean, if they did this, this is what causes a civil war talk. Yeah. So I'm glad that they didn't fall through, but I think seven years is, is way too harsh for, I mean, from the charges he didn't, like actually a physical assault to police officers. Well, again, I mean, people are burning down buildings in right? the middle of, of cities and they're getting passes. Like, they're getting the charges no dropped against them. No one got arrested for killing David Dorn, the St. Louis cop, right. and the Black Lives Matter rights. Till this day, I mean, the person's and, walking freely among us. I mean, that's why I'm saying this is coming from the same uh, the same party who wants to decriminalize everything. They want to th they th threw out all of the prisoners on the streets during COVID uh, for some odd reason that was going to make COVID go away or make COVID better. They don't care at all about defending the rule of law, but now conveniently, when there are a bunch of conservatives in red hats who break laws, they want to put them away for life. Like it just drives me bonkers because I know that it's completely political, and they're just using it for political gain. Um, and it's just really frustrating to see the DOJ pe become this political arm that it is. Well, Lady, Ju Lady Justice is not blind. Yeah, and she should be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what she happens here. Certainly is not right now. Um, all right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. I mean, you got a politician. Last week, Kamala Harris visited the DNC for a virtual rally. And as you can imagine, she went on some strange rant and just cycled a bunch of words together that didn't mean anything. Listen. They said when they voted, I think sometimes the voting is you just putting in your order. This is what you want. What? 
So when people stood in those lines for hours, when they sat at their kitchen table for hours figuring for hours. out how they were going to fill out their ballot to vote by mail, when they drove by those drop boxes with their kids in the back seat, hmm? patiently waiting to, to drop off that ballot, they were putting in an order. What? Someone please help us. I mean, no comment. Someone please help us. <laughs> because if anything happens to Joe, God forbid something happens to Joe, Mm-mm. we're stuck with that. Mm-mm. All right? I want that, that to sink in. Yeah. I don't know who ordered, who ordered what we have now, but it sucks. And I want a refund. That's all I have to say. Um, Jorge, tell everyone once again where they can find this documentary. Jorge is doing really, really, really amazing yes, work. Again, I don't understand how you're putting out this much content all the time. Tell them, please. Yes. Uh, the two uh, best places to find a new documentary is narcofornia.com or head to thedailycaller.com. It's a great, great film looking into the failures of legalize of marijuana and the cartels taking over the Golden State. Well, thank you for all your hard work and thank you as well, Yaku. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.